What is going on? Alex Shlinsky here for the Get More Client Show. Hope you are doing well today. And thank you so much, as always, for joining us. As usual, here, joined by my co-host, Brian Downard. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Loving life, living the dream. Hey, loving life and living the dream. Love it. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to us and being here with us, whether you are live in our Seven Figure Culture Group on Facebook or you're listening on your favorite podcast apps like uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, on YouTube replays or wherever it might be. We're always appreciative of your time and grateful for it. Now, this show is called the Get More Client Show. The last two episodes we did were interviews, one with a POD Hall of Famer, Larry Hickman. If you haven't watched it, episode 20 was absolutely a banger, really great. Last episode, we had the SaaS expert himself, the Go High Level founder, Sean Clark. Uh, and in those two episodes, we were talking about a lot of things, but not as many things about getting more clients. So today, we're going to bring it back to the roots of this show and talk about how to get more clients, because that is the purpose of this show. Now, before we started the recording, Brian shat on me for having a really bad headline. So I'm going to tell you what that headline was. Then I'm going to do Brian's. Then what I need you to do after you listen to the show, wherever you are, is comment who had a better headline. So Brian and I go toe to toe on it, even though I'm almost 100% certain I'm going to lose. My original one was, how do you optimize outreach? Okay, I can admit that was a shitty headline. Brian's is very copyright and driven. How to fix a broken prospecting campaign in less than 24 hours and book five to 10 appointments every week using just your cell phone. So who wins, guys? Let us know. Brian or Alex in the chat below. We'd really appreciate <laughs> That's it. no contest. Yeah, it's pretty much no contest. I think I'm going to lose. I would vote for Brian myself. So I think uh, I think we, we know who's already going to win. Brian, let's talk about this a little bit. Our company is called Prospecting On Demand. So I feel like we need to know a little bit about how. <laughs> Why don't you set the stage for us? Ooh, setting the stage. Nice. So it's so funny to me how people just need to be dragged kicking and screaming to doing prospecting when it's one of the single most important parts of your business. In my opinion, three most important parts of your business are how you actually fulfill for your clients, getting them the results, how you attract clients, and then how you sell them. And how you attract clients is through prospecting. Now, some people, sure, you can run ads, you can use organic content, but those can't always be heavily relied on. There's a lot of things that are outside of your control, whether Facebook uh, shuts down your accounts, whether or not ad costs go up, whether or not organic reach is diminished. And so you always, in my opinion, want to have some level of daily outreach where you know where your ideal audience is spending time hanging out online in groups, et cetera, going to them, starting conversations and creating opportunities because that doesn't go away. And if Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn go away, there's email, there's cell phones, but you directly reaching out to your clients is critical. And I still think even when your ads are working, you should be doing that. And you should be doing that every single day until you get your ads to a place where they are working. Because if you just want to rely solely on ads and not actually going and talking to people, um, you are going to be very, very sad when those ads don't start clicking right away. Sure. And I would also say the beauty of outbound prospecting in general, some of what we're going to talk about and how to fix a broken prospecting process is you can be hyper intentional with who you want to speak with. We talk a lot about the dream 100 here. With outbound prospecting, you can pick your targets, quote unquote, of who you want to go speak with and assuming you have the right approach to get in front of them. Um, that is, it's powerful because now you don't just get to, hopefully the right person comes to you, you get to go to them. And in a world with the internet where you can find those people, it's pretty amazing. You can do that from your underwear on your sofa. So that is setting the stage here and why this is so important. 
But what we're going to get into in today's call would specifically be how you actually optimize that broken prospecting system. Optimization is so key. What is measured can be optimized. So data-driven approach to everything that you do uh, in your life and in your business is so critically important. Now, I'm not sitting on a high horse saying I am super like keen on every single data point. Like you got rings for people that are measuring their sleep and you got whoop bracelets that are helping people with their calorie intake and you've got iPhones and Apple watches that are helping people with the steps they take every single day. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a fully optimized human being by any means, but even if you could take one step specifically in your business on a data-driven approach to your prospecting, especially in outreach, because inbound prospecting is easier because Facebook does the job for you with analytics. Outbound prospecting is actually important that you track it rather than being like, well, this isn't working and changing your you know outreach process 500 times and a month, which is pretty damn common. Yeah. Uh, the other element to setting the stage is something that Brian talks about a lot, which is when you don't need to prospect is exactly when you should be prospecting. So a lot of people be like, oh my God, I have you know 10 calls booked this week. I don't need more prospecting. That faucet should never be turned off. You always have to ensure that you have some sort of outreach, ideally outsourced outreach, someone on your team doing it for you or paying it. Shout out to our boy, Jose Soto uh, from Click a Team. If you need done for you prospecting, he's the man. Um, but ultimately you, may, you have to make sure there's consistent flow of opportunity because when you need prospects, then you start prospecting out of desperation. And usually prospecting out of desperation is how you get DMs, what we call poopy prospecting, which is like, <laughs> hey, have you heard of Forex? Or do you want to know the number one way to invest in cryptocurrency? Or I'll get straight to the point. Can I get you 10 appointments per month? And those people you want to stab. So in order to avoid <laughs> stabbing people and going to jail, let's make sure that you know how to actually prospect effectively and ensure that you're optimizing it. So Brian, let's talk a little bit about how they're supposed to track their data appropriately, what KPIs they should be looking at so you can start optimizing and making a better effective marketing strategy for themselves. Cool. I could do that. I'm, I like to kind of break your, uh, you have very excitable, very, um, very good introductions to things. I kind of like to break it, break the momentum. Um, anyways, my point, what I wanted to get into first before we talk about actual data, because a lot of people are like, oh my God, numbers, it's scary. I don't like math. I hate <laughs> math too. So let me give you a really simple, tangible, like action item you can walk away with if you're just going to take one thing away from this to fix your broken prospecting systems, which is to get your actual lead tracking on point. What does that mean? Have a CRM, a database. Typically we're using go high level or recommending go high level, but there's lots of choices out there, but a singular place where you have the different stages of your sales cycle. So it could be, they're just a prospect, they're a lead, they booked a call, they're a lead, they didn't book a call, they no showed, they canceled, you're in negotiation, you're nurturing them. Like what are the stages of your sales cycle and having a place where you can store people's names, information, call notes, all the critical elements you need to successfully follow up. We call, we talk a lot about the 30 day rule or the prospecting you do over the next 30 days will pay you over the next 90 and the prospecting you do over the next 90 days will pay you close to a year. And if you do prospecting every day for a year, you will throughout the next year go, wow, that person I spoke with three months ago, just signed up. The person I spoke with a year ago, just signed up. It happens all the time, but you have to fill that pipeline and track these people because if you aren't following up with them and consistently getting in front of them at the time when they need the solution, they're going to go with someone else. So I typically recommend, depending on if they already gave you a predefined time to follow up with them, a minimum of once a week, you're going back into this database and making a concerted effort to reach out through DMs, email, and call your leads to push them to the next stage of your 
your prospecting sales system. So that's the number one thing. Most people don't have this. They keep it in their head. They keep it in a spreadsheet, get it in a database, track your sales stages. And that's a huge, huge. thing you can do to just overcome that first hurdle. So let's talk about the less sexy part of this. But if you're a numbers person, you might get really excited. If you're not a numbers person, get excited because this is how you're going to actually make money from your prospecting. You need to let the data do the talking. Like Alex said, the biggest issue I see in prospecting is doing random things. So you're going to send like, I don't know, 30 connection requests on a Facebook group. And then you might post a few things in a Facebook group. And then I'm going to go on the LinkedIn and I'll automate that for a couple of months. And then I'm gonna do some cold email, but you're not truly actually looking at the data of how many messages did I send? How many replies did I get? And using that to actually make a decision about fixing the bottleneck in the process. I like to use the example of um, the iPhones, right? And the iterations they've gone through throughout the years. There was the original iPhone and then two, three, four. Now we're all the way like the 12 Pro Max. Like there's these iterations, but they had to start somewhere. And these micro adjustments, micro improvements over time lead to incredible devices and it could be an incredible prospecting system. So what we actually do and encourage in the program is using a daily metrics tracker. Now, if this is like, oh my God, this sounds like so much work. Reality only takes like a minute or two a day. And this is something you could pay a VA to do pretty cheaply. So you don't have to think about it, right? Don't have these things that weigh you down because they're, this gives you anxiety to have to go think about doing it. Pay someone else $5 an hour to do it for you. I'm not going to share my screen here because this is technically a, a podcast, quote unquote. Um, but I will break down the actual KPIs for you. So when we're talking about doing prospecting, I would also say if you're just doing cold email, that's broken also. I would use social media without question. People have the ability to connect, quote unquote, with you. So it gives them a little more power. It's permission-based um, marketing and prospecting essentially, because they said, yeah, sure. I will connect with you. So as long as you don't abuse that privilege by saying the right things after the fact, we can talk a little bit about that, Alex. I'm actually, we'll kick that over to you here briefly about like the right ways to approach people. So you do get good numbers. Um, but connecting on social media is powerful because they have that ability to connect and agree to that. So what we'd try and look for on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook would be about a 15 to 25% connection rate. So you actually, when you send a friend request or a connection request, 15 to 25% of those people come back and accept that. So it's not going to happen right away, right? If you've been doing this for like three days or a week, you're like, oh my God, my number, like stop, give yourself like 30 days of consistently doing this Monday through Friday, and then look at the data. But that being said, if we're not at a place where you're getting a 15 to 25% connection rate, this is where we can start to look at the bottleneck. Okay. So is it the list that you're reaching out to? Is it the connection message that you're sending? Is it how your profile is positioned? Do you look like an amateur or is it you with your drunk college friends in your profile photo? Like, what is the issue there? Why aren't they connecting? And you can sort of start to dissect that individual piece. Second stage of that would be the reply rate. So we're looking for about a 10 to 30% reply rate. If you're not getting a good reply rate that meets those KPIs, we need to readjust what we're saying, what we're asking. Are you being too direct? Are you not being direct enough? Are you scaring them away? So there's a fine balance here. And the answer really is not in a one individual script or template. That's why people come to us. It completely depends on your niche, the uh, sophistication of your audience, 
within that niche, your offer, so many elements that determine how you should reach out to them. Again, we'll talk about some of them here on this show, um, but that would be the KPI to look for there, 10 to 30% on your reply rates. Cold email, if you're like, Brian, what's the cold email reply rate? You're probably looking at 0.5% to 2% if you're lucky, and that would be including negative responses, which are probably at least half of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't love cold email unless you've got a really good offer, like the interview offer. We'll probably do a whole episode on that at some point, but um, that's a great, great way to get almost anyone's attention. Uh, Then in terms of the show up rate, so we want to, we aim for at least a 50% show up rate. We realize it's not perfect, but if you can get at least half the people who book a call with you to show up, and of course in your CRM, your database, following up with the other ones, that's an okay KPI. But again, if you're not meeting that, What's your appointment setting process look like? Are you texting them automatically and emailing them the confirmation details? Are you following up the the day before or after? Mm -hmm. So like you have to look at the individual bottlenecks and fix that, not just throw everything out the window. Like, well, I'm gonna go do something else now entirely. And then the close rate, not as important to discuss on this call, maybe another time, but about one in five. So 20-ish percent you're looking for with your close rates. And again, if that's the issue, then you look at that. What is my sales process? What is my offer? And you figure out the bottleneck. So I'm curious, Alex, as you have done a lot of prospecting for this company specifically and helped our clients through it, what are other bottlenecks in terms of their campaigns they're usually facing and that break the campaigns? I think the most common one is like getting an actual response. And then the first bottleneck before even actually getting a response is overthinking the message sequence, where to reach out, how to reach out, when to reach out, how often to reach out. Like someone's looking for some like perfect bullet, like something like, oh, this is the exact thing you should do in every single industry and the exact message that works every time. And that's just never the case. There's no such thing as that. The more testing you do, the better it is. So even though I was taking a shit on the people earlier, like doing direct outreach messages, if you do that and get 40 people to not answer you, well, then you probably know hey, I shouldn't be doing that. If you do it and get five people to say I'm interested and 35 people saying F you, you should definitely be doing that because you can handle the F you's. It's no big deal. So I made a post the other day about this guy who messaged me and he had like four X in his uh, in his little like profile photo thing. And I was like, hey, bro, if you message me about four X, I will fight you in their, in their message response. And he was like, why? Like, because I knew he was going to say that. But look, I was just making a joke so I could do a post on it. But if he's sending those messages out and every 30 messages he gets someone responds, doesn't matter if I'm being a jackass. If he's getting someone to respond, utilize it. I don't have any problem with direct offer messages or outreach messages, as long as you are tracking the data. If the data tells you after 25, 50, 75 to 100 messages that you're just not going to get any interest, obviously change it. One thing I would definitely advise against, I don't know why this is so common in the marketing space and coaching space. Hey, can I ask you a question? Number one, that's a question already. Number two, what's the purpose? They're just going to say yes or no or not answer. So stupid. Get to the point. It's so dumb. I hate that. One thing that I've seen that has been really valuable if you want to try out some unique things um, is like memes. Memes is really unique and like interesting, like using GIFs or like quick videos, personalizing videos by just doing like a quick 30 second video on Instagram or on Facebook. It does take longer for sure. But here's a nice hack that you can do um, in case you want to utilize videos and make them seem like they're personal. You just say, hey, there instead of the name, and then you can actually forward that message. There's a carrot right next to any video you post in Messenger on Facebook. If you press that, it will show you all the people you've recently messaged. 
you just press send, send, send. So you can send like 25 of those pretty quickly. And most people don't realize that you said their instead of their name. Um, and it still works out really well. And you could do something along the lines of like, hey there, what's going on? Uh, I like to make, you know, personal connections rather than just like sending a DM that I probably guess you have 400 of these a day. I'll make this point quick. Um, I'm looking to help this person do this thing. Uh, is there a chance maybe we can connect and chat about it so we can collaborate? Simple, easy, to the point. Now, again, if the data shows you that's a waste of time, no one's seeing it, no one's responding, don't keep doing it. Try a meme instead. Try a ghost gif. Um, we used to do the ghost gif a lot. I don't think we do it as much anymore, but we back in the day, it was really fun. Yeah, we've also been kicking around the idea because of it in our industry, in marketing, coaching, et cetera, it's difficult to get people's reply. There's a lot of people competing for their attention. So playing with pattern interrupt style images, videos, oh, yeah. text, even funny stuff. Like my, one of my favorite all time simple ones is, Hey, are you social distancing or uh, are you socially distancing yourself from me or just social distancing in general? Something like that, where it's pretty yeah, funny, funny pattern interrupt and they don't see that all the time. And it kind of breaks that barrier and adds a more uh, human element to it, which, I, which is nice. that's the thing that I feel like if you can find the nice, like mix between being direct, but also being unique and funny, it's really works. There's a lot of people in DMs that are like, hey, I'm just going to get to the point because I know you're busy. I can do this offer. That's a really mm. good haystack strategy. It could work. You could send 100 of those, 99 don't answer. And that one person's like, I'll play game. I'll play ball. Yeah. If you like that in terms of your data, which I would say a 1% response rate is definitely not good enough on Messenger, you can go for it. There's no right or wrong. This is not a black or white thing. Everything is shade of gray. But if you do something that's silly, unique, funny, um, that showcases your uh, uniqueness and who you are as a person, it makes it easier to do. That's why I like doing videos. Uh, I did a, a videos, a bunch of videos with a taco hat on. So I like send a, a voice note, like a video messenger back. Who's the dude with the taco hat? That's me. More on that in a second. What I want to do is measure blah, blah, blah. It's just like, why is someone messaging me with a taco hat? I don't, I don't understand the, there's really unique and weird things that you can do, obviously keeping it appropriate, um, which I think, I don't think it needs to be said, but you know, <laughs> probably should be said, um, you know, keeping it appropriate. I, th I think we, we get it. No, uh, what's it called? Uh, no eggplant emojis, boys. Don't do that. Um, but I do think, uh, I do think there's some unique elements that you can utilize. One other one that's really interesting and unique is actually calling people on messenger. There's a little call button. When someone connects with you, you can call them. You cannot do that before you're connected. Um, an easy way to increase connections. This is another bottleneck we see like for not getting responses being the main bottleneck. If you go to that person's profile and like their profile photo, like their most recent post, like maybe two or three things, it will bring you top of mind. They'll be like, who is Alex Shlinsky? Then they go to their um, DM and they have a message from Alex Shlinsky with a taco hat on being like, yo, what's good? Like, hey, and then you call directly on Facebook. And that might get people like concerned. I was talking to one of our clients last night. She's like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to like bother them or anything. If you're not in some way bothering someone with prospecting, you're not doing it right. And I know that comes off like sleazy, but that's not the purpose. I think some people forget that every other human being has like their own life, their own responsibilities, all the shit that's going on. But for you, your insecurities are like, well, if I message Brian and I call him and I ruin his day, he's going to go on like this crazy trailblaze of like posting on my profile that I'm a piece of shit and going to the Biz Better Business Bureau and saying I'm spamming him and like calling the legal team. Do you know what happens when people get spammed? Because I know you guys always get spammed, right? Do you know what you do? You say no, buy, click, and you move on to the next thing in your life because you're too fucking busy to deal with it. So instead of being concerned about doing a pattern interrupt or wasting your time or hurting their feelings or making them annoyed, 
you should be hunting for that. And I know, again, that sounds a little sleazy, but it's not meant to be. You're not really doing anything that bad other than taking potentially 30 seconds of their time for them to say, no, that's it. Yeah. So those are, in my opinion, is the biggest bottlenecks. I think it's it's getting comfortable with the idea of interrupting someone knowing it'll be in their best interest 100%. To, to get them the outcome if they need that, right? Even if they don't agree at that point that it's in their best interest and you might have to get someone to be pissed at you, so fucking be it, man. Yeah. Suck it up. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I've had a lot of people say F you to me and I've said plenty of FUs. Most of the time I don't. Most of the time I use a shit emoji, the little poop emoji. I'm like, this is poopy prospecting. And they're like, what's that? Well, you should pay us money and I'll show you. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Let me give you guys something to, uh, before we wrap up this show today. I love this conversation, by the way. Um, something a foolproof, not entirely, but mostly foolproof message you can use if you're struggling with your replies. Like that's usually the bottleneck is, hey, people aren't replying to me or they're not, they're not saying, they're not positively replying. They're telling me to stop messaging them. So I, I'm excited about this because I was going to share this to begin with, but then Alex gave me even a, a good idea to add to this. So I call this the what I do sandwich and it's such a stupid name for something. And it's, I, I still haven't come up with a better one. So I'm going to run with burn it. Burn Brian in the comments for saying what I do sandwich, please. It's called the what I do sandwich. And let me tell you about <laughs> this tasty sandwich. Um, so first layer of bread in the message, quote unquote, is just thanking them for connecting. Hey, so glad we were able to connect. The meat of the what I do sandwich is what you do. So this is the part where most people screw up is they make it all about them and they just make that direct offer. So this line could be like, hey, thank you so much for connecting. We help plumbers uh, get blank, right? And we'll get back to that in a second. Then the third piece of the sandwich, quote unquote, is this is the last piece of bread, quote unquote, is now an open-ended question about them to turn the spotlight back on them. Because what you just did is what you would norm do in a normal conversation with a human being like, hey, I'm Brian, so-and-so, what do you do? So you gave them a chance to not only ask about what you do, if that's interesting to them, but you also um, asked a question. So it turned it back the spotlight on them to make it about them to open up now a dialogue about how you could potentially help them. Now, I would like this question to typically be a qualifying question. It could be like, how long have you been a real estate agent? Um, how's the market been in your area? Is it crazy? Like everywhere else, of course, like time relevant time, like, Things that are relevant to what's happening in the industry around that question can be very helpful. Sure. What I got, got excited about with what Alex was sharing earlier, having something funny, right? So in that what I do part, making it funny. So, hey, thanks so much for connecting. So part one, part two, I help plumbers avoid the shit leads that come out of their clients' toilets every day. Yeah, for sure. Open-ended question, where do, where do most of your clients come from? Let's give a shout out to one of our older clients, Gary Gray. Um, he does like real estate marketing and he's just very himself. Like he's not gonna work with yeah, some- Yeah, very funny. Thing. So he, he like sends like messages like, yo, buy my shit, right? For many people, that's not going to feel comfortable. For other people, they're like, this is such a pattern interrupt. I can't believe he did it, right? Some people are totally not going to vibing with that, but other people are super interested in that. One thing I want to avoid making sure that we make this clear on this call is a lot of people do the weird prospecting thing where like someone on the other end knows that like some DM or cold pitch is coming and they're like, hey, like, how's your day going? It's like, dude, yeah. you don't give a fuck how my day is going. You have no idea who I am. Why are you asking me? Now, if you do something a little bit different where it's like, Hey, uh, saw your profile picture. I'm just, I'm a dad as myself. I just had a you know newborn son. I'm reaching out because of this. That's better. Like doing any sort of 
in, intent or research is better. Hey, loved your website. Hey, saw that article you did about this thing. Hey, how'd you get the blue check mark? Hey, uh, that profile mm. picture's funny. Hey, that's the, uh, that's the condiment. It's the compliment exactly. condiment on the what I do sandwich. Compliment condiment. Oh, Brian's going deep on the sandwich. <laughs> on the sandwich talk today. Clips. I hope one of our clips is about the uh, sandwich because that is just too funny. Um, I think ultimately being weird, being unique, finding something that makes you you um, and not overthinking is the key. And then actually identifying what that bottleneck could be. That's why testing one thing at a time is so critically important um, and not jumping from thing to thing. But I do think as we're wrapping up and anything else you want to add, Brian, please feel free to do so. The most important thing is taking the action in the first place, not actually overthinking every single perfect message um, and definitely avoiding this for sure. No Loom video, five minute videos personalized to any new person you speak to. 99% of those will not be watched and you have just wasted a shitload of time. Consider things that are a small use of your time that is as fun as it could be for you. I know it's usually not very fun to be frank, um, but if you can make something unique for each person you work with in 10 seconds about a silly joke about their profile picture or you know something unique about uh, who they might be on Facebook, that would be great, um, but try to avoid um, overdoing it so that when they don't answer, you're not going to be as offended. Because the reality is a lot of people will not answer you. And that's just yeah. part of the process. Yep. I will leave everyone with this. How to fix a broken prospecting process is stop hoping that just the DMs are going to do the actual prospecting for, for sure. you. You need to pick up your phone. This is why the title is with your cell phone call the people you're connecting with. You see us do it in this group all the time. It works, even when they don't know us, even when they don't remember that person that we're calling on behalf of, even if they don't didn't see that message at all, you're cutting out the middleman, middleman being you sitting around waiting on social media for someone to get back to you who's never gonna get back to you and actually getting that person on a phone to say, yeah, this is something I need or no, it's not something I need. Either way, you can move on, but you are significantly shortening your sales cycle by taking action and not just hoping. So if you're in a place like, Brian, I want sales calls booked next week. I'm not willing to call anyone and no one's responding to me. You're not gonna get calls booked next week. That's the hard truth. You need to take action on this shit. In order, to, Alex, in order to optimize specifically, also use market research. Feel free to ask why, right? If someone doesn't answer you, send a message after the fact, like, hey, I'm really trying to optimize this process because I know if I could fast forward for you, the offer that I have is a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you answer me? What could I do to make it better? If you're on the phone with someone's like, I don't want this, I don't need this. Hey, if you can give me 10 seconds, I just want to know why, what can I do better? I know you get these messages all the time. Is there something you can give me? Most people will give you jack. Most people won't have anything. Most people will hang up on you. Most people say, I don't know. But sometimes you will get something of immense value from your avatar that you can then use and spread across the rest of your prospecting that only makes it better. Think of it just like working out. It gets better over time. You get better gains over time. It just doesn't start people, right away. People love to critique <laughs> other people too. So oh, yeah. Well, they might give you unsolicited advice, but 100%. ask for anyways. They might, they might. Uh, that was our show for today. I hope you guys loved it. it. Thank you so much uh, for the time as always. If you enjoyed this, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button, that like button. Even if you hated it, all if you it. do a dislike, it helps. All the buttons, press all the buttons, all the buttons, guys. That's my message for today. Brian, thank you so much, man. As always, we will see you guys on the next episode. Episode 24 is the next one. What? Crazy. All right, fam. Peace. Yeah.